Love Talk Radio. You are listening to the Sound the Fog Heart Podcast presented by Around the Foghorn. Your home for San Francisco Giants baseball on the fan sided network. been a week. What a week it's been. This is your host of Sound the Foghorn podcast, again presented by Around the Foghorn, your home for San Francisco Giants baseball coverage on the fan-sided network. Um, It is a fantastic day to be joining you guys. Um, Hopefully in the next couple of minutes here, I'll be joined by Michael um, uh, Saltzman uh, here. We also kind of outlined the show here for you. Uh, we're going to talk about the Buster Posey injury here um, as long, and then we're going to also talk about the NL West um, feel after the first uh, kind of full week of games. And now we're, we're here and then we've got, you know, the, the Padres beat us in a series. Um, that's one thing to take a look at. Um, also take a look at, um, you know, uh, the Padres, are they going to fade? Um, the D-backs, the Rockies are another couple other really good teams um, in the division as well. And then you have the Dodgers. Um, so right now, it's, everybody looks a little strong. Um, so we'll talk about who might fade, um, who's going to be a better, uh, a better um, competition um, in the long haul. And then our last segment, we're going to be joined by Kevin Henry of Rocks Pile, which is fan-sided's um, Colorado Rockies-based uh, website. Um, we're going to discuss the Rockies overall this year, the upcoming series between them and the Giants. Time here in the wild, wild NL. Um, so um, stay tuned with us here. Um, uh, we're going to go on a short break. and Michael should be joining us in a few minutes here. All right, guys. It is we are back. Sorry about the short break. Just getting everything set up here. Um, uh, if you we got the Giants game on the TV right now, I'm sure you do. Um, if you're listening live, awesome. Stick with us. You can talk Giants baseball as it goes on. Um, just saw them do the Gold Glove ceremonies, um, but now we're going to do our own ceremony. I'm just kidding. We don't have a ceremony, but we are bringing in Michael Saltzman. Um, one of our uh, contributors to the website. You'll know I'm on Twitter as Candlestick Will. Um, how you doing tonight, Michael? I'm doing fantastic. How about you, man? I'm doing great. Uh, it's it okay. So Kansas weather. Let's let's just see. Giants fans, you're going to be exposed to Kansas City weather next week as the Giants come into town here, um, where I live. Uh, it's going to be awful because I don't like. They're saying there might be storms, but the, when they say there might be storms, that might be like there might be one storm or it might be continuous storms for 48 hours. We don't know. Um, so enjoy that. But right now it's super nice and like 80 degrees and warm and sunny. And I can wear chacos and flip flops and shorts to class and not feel like I'm freezing my toes off anymore. So I'm doing good. I'm happy because the weather's happy. Um, but when it comes to the giants, don't know how, I mean, things are a little shaky right now. Um, one of the big things that we have to talk about right now is the Buster Posey injury. 
Um, and then those, I mean, it's not like he, he broke a hand. He, he got hit in the head by a 94 mile an hour fastball from, uh, Diamondbacks pitcher, Taiwan Walker. Um, the big thing here is we lose Pony at Posey out of the lineup for the next seven days. Um, at least, uh, depending on how he's feeling with those concussion, um, the concussion repercussions who, uh, so I think a question here that I think a lot of us and a lot of fans need to, would like to discuss is who really needs to step on off up on offense while he's gone. Well, I think it's one of those things we talked, we've talked in the past, but I know when, uh, when the giants won the world series in 2014, there were a lot of injuries that year and Sabian didn't really make any moves. Uh, Kane had gotten hurt. So they went out and got PV, but they really didn't do a thing to their lineup. And when people were asking him, you know, why aren't you making a move? He said, our guys have to step up. You know, we have the guys that can do it. We just don't have the guys currently doing it. And guys like Crawford and belt and panic eventually um, when he got called up and Pence and Sandoval at the time, um, they all contributed, you know, Posey obviously too. And, and so when, you know, you have injuries to key players, you can't expect, you know, to pick up the slack, you know, on top of what he's doing, but it's, you know, Nunez has to play a little bit better. Maybe, you know, try to drive the ball a little more Crawford, same thing, you know, maybe Brandon belt, you know, tries to bun his way on a few times or, you know, you know, tries to just do whatever he can to get on base because those kinds of little things can lead to bigger innings. And with Posey out of the middle of the order, there's not just, you know, Posey missing, but also that fear in the middle of the order is gone because you're replacing that with Nick Hundley, who as much as we like him as a backup catcher, he's not an everyday guy. No, I'm with you on that. Um, I think overall, um, I, I think one player for me who really needs to step up is Denard Span here um, because I know, I mean, the concern here is, I mean, has he turned into a platoon with Gorky Hernandez? Uh, I know that's kind of been floated out there. I really hope that's not the case. I really hope yesterday was just maybe his whatever injury that I can't remember. I think it was a hip that was bothering him that kept him out of those, um, out of the whatever, every single game after um, the opening day uh, for the rest of the Diamondbacks series. Hopefully that's all that was. Hopefully this isn't turning into a, we're afraid that he can't do anything. And so we're going to start platooning people based on the righty lefty matchups. Uh, but I think for me, Denard Span really has to step up, especially if they're going to keep him in that um, lead off hitter role. Um, that is one of those concerns there um, that, I mean, I've vouched for Nunez in the leadoff role, but if Span is going to continue to stay there, he needs to step up at the plate um, and really, really be a consistent contributor. Um, I think that's that in itself can help the offense because having someone at the top of the lineup who's going to immediately has is going to get on base at a high clip. He's going to has the speed and the running game to put pressure on somebody and then to follow up by more people who get on base and make really good contact at a high rate. Um, that that's really going to help out the offense while they're gone. Um, but I mean, um, I think another question here is should we be concerned um, about the time that he's going to be missing here? I mean, it is early in the season, but um, it, are, are we, are we going to be concerned about um concerned about the the seven game stretch I guess or seven day stretch if if it's only seven games then no it's not a big deal in in the course of 162 
I think what's the bigger deal is the fact that you not only have uh, Buster out with a concussion, which is serious, but looking back at Joe Panic's situation where, you know, Hank, Hank Shulman was, was talking the other day about how basically Panic didn't feel 100% until November, but he played several games last year after his concussion. And Brandon Belt, you know, was even worse as far as the time he was out. Gregor Blanco had a concussion that, you know, didn't really get looked at right. And so the Giants have actually been pretty horrible, um, to be blunt, with handling concussions. And it's not all their fault because it's not an easy thing to judge because even now Posey's saying he, he looks good. He feels good. But what does that mean? I mean, two weeks from now, a month from now, maybe he starts having some headaches that are related to you know, this concussion, or maybe not. And so do you keep him out for several weeks as a precaution? Do you only keep him out for the one week because he feels good and you just see how it goes? I mean, for all the fans that clamor for him to play first base instead of, instead of catch, this would be the one argument for maybe he should play some more first is because he's less likely to get foul tips and, and those kind of things like a catcher does. But even in this case, he wasn't catching when he got the concussion. So, no. you know, baseball can be scary from for any player at any time. And, yeah. you know, we saw that with Panic last year getting hit in the head. And, and that Panic's a perfect example of why you have you really have no idea um, what a guy's going through. And I think even Panic admitted that he, you know, said he was good when he wasn't. Um, and these guys are new to experiencing what, what it feels like to have a concussion. You know, the symptoms might just feel, oh, I just have a little dizziness, but it's not a big deal. It's like, actually, that's a huge deal. And, yeah. you know, so uh, they spend their whole lives saying, no, no, coach, I'm good. I'll go in there. And it's not okay to do that. And I think guys yeah. are starting well, to learn that now. And, uh, but, you know, the Giants have had horrible success um, with handling the situation in the past. So, yeah, and I think, I think a lot of it has to do. Supposedly being their franchise player, I think. Um, they're finally going to, you know, be extra cautious. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with just the overall awareness level about what concussions can do. I know I'm a big soccer person and in the soccer world. Um, the, the, a very, very vocal proponent of it is former player um, Taylor Twelman. Um, he was, he was an on fire goal scorer. Um, it was a great striker. Um, but he um, dealt with a ton of concussions throughout his career and eventually got to a point where it was too scary for him to even step out on the field anymore. And so he called it quits. And so now he's a very, very vocal advocate. And one of the big things that he's talked about is the idea of the second concussion syndrome where players and people with that second impact while they've already had a concussion and are still recovering from it can, can like literally cause death. Um, I think that's a scary thing, and I think that's one. I think I, for me, one immediately, I applaud the Giants for the moment that day that he came in on Monday and said, "Hey, I still feel a little, I still feel a little off, but I'm I'm feeling pretty good." That for them to immediately say, "Nope, you're going to the at least the seven day DL to look at this," I think for me is a big step. Um, I think that's a good sign overall in their handling of the concussions. But I mean, I do, I, I think long-term the concern is, does he turn into Joe, does this thing turn into a Joe panic where his vision doesn't come back until September or October, or, you know, if he continue, let's say he gets another one towards the end of the year, another one at the beginning of the next year. Um, are we looking at, um, 
potential. Uh, I mean, I mean does, does we sit there and we say, okay, man, he's got a lot of concussions back there. Does, does he get to a point or does, does someone else get to the point where they say, man, first, first looks like a long-term option um, and kind of maybe a necessary long-term option. Hopefully that's a discussion that we have to have like a year and a half down the road. But I mean, all of these are little things that I think pop up within the whole discussion um, of this. Um, I know one thing is, is that I know that Bochi talked about it, the fact that they're coming into Kansas city um, the day that he is eligible to return to the designated list, which is the 18th means that they'll be playing in an American league ballpark and they can pinch hit or put throw Buster Posey in as the DH. Um, right. And they definitely Madison Bumgarner is slated with the way the rotation is set up. He's slated to pitch the second game. It's a two game series here. Um, so if they wanted to pull any, any fun stunts and throw him in the DH position, um, the best they might do that. But um, if they're sitting there and saying, Hey, it's probably a good way to see if Buster Posey can get some at bats and see how he's feeling again. Um, then we're probably going to see Buster Posey at DH both those days if everything is good. And I think we'll leave it at that, that we hope everything is good. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, we should be back relatively soon. Um, we're going to discuss everything um, about the crazy, wild, wild NL West week one that has left the Giants currently in last place. And we'll talk about how long that will last coming up here in a bit. All right, guys, we're back. Um, all right, crazy wild week after first week, of, I guess, of the NL West. Um, Michael, the Giants are in last. Is it going to last? I, I don't see it lasting. I think we've seen enough, even in this first week, even though the record doesn't show it, we've seen enough from Bumgarner, Cueto, and more to see that we've got three starters that are doing some excellent things. And so because of that, I think that's going to be the the thing that make, helps us win three out of five most t- you know times through the rotation. Because um, I think more often than not. Hey, Michael, you there? I wonder if we lost him for a second. It sounds like we lost Michael for a little bit here. Um, anyways, um, I'm a, I'm a, I agree with him. I mean, you've got top three guys here in the rotation. Um, it, you should be able to win almost every – I won't say should, but a lot of times here, um, I think with the way the Giants have been scoring runs, if they can continue to score runs at that rate. Um, I know last night was kind of frustrating – but, I mean, they've been putting up like five, six runs a game over the last few games here. Um, I think that's one thing that um, I think the rotation can count on, um, hopefully. And I think we can, once everybody's healthy, we really can see that full run support. Last night was silly because we had Aaron Hill freaking batting leadoff. Um, uh, I'm trying to get Michael back here so we can continue this conversation. But, anyways, um, last night I think was kind of an, an anomaly in the offensive drip dip um, because, I mean, like I said, Aaron Hill was batting lead off here. Um, I'm not too sure. Um, 
what this is going to look like over the next week. The lineup, I think they'll kind of keep experimenting. They gave a lot of guys off a night off last night. Um, really, hopefully, I mean, the biggest thing here, I think, is will the bullpen, if the if the starting rotation gets into tight games, um, will the bullpen um, be able to hold it? And I think that's a concern that some people have seen so far. Um, and hopefully we don't have to deal with that too much. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm still trying to work to get Michael back here. I am not too sure what happened. Um, crazy. Um, internet's a funky thing here. Um, anyways, let's just take a look at the NLS standings rundown from top to bottom. Um, Arizona is in first place currently seven and two. The Rockies are six and three. The Dodgers are four and four. And the Padres are four and five, and the Giants sit in last at three and six. Freak out. They're already four games out of first place. Um I am I I am not too sure what else to what else to say to you. I mean, really, guys, just just calm down. <laughs> just calm down. Um uh, I think overall this team's gonna be fine. Um, we're looking at this is not going to last. Um, I think uh, now one thing I think we have to look at overall in the NL West picture is that the D-backs and Rockies are better than they were last year. And that's just straight up how it is. Um, sorry here. I'm still working to get Michael, Michael back on this good old technical difficulties of live shows. All right. Anyways, um, the the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are a much better team than they were last year. Um, And I think the Padres got a lot of young guns that are going to come up, aren't all that proven, and are are definitely feeling that fade fast in there. Um, I'm – I think at some point it's going to die out. Their rotation is borderline terrible. Um, and I think it'll, it'll get back um, to being terrible. Um, but um, let's see. I can finally bring Michael back in here. Hallelujah. Um, Michael, are you there? Yeah, I got you. There we go. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea what happened. It totally dropped you in the middle of a sentence there. Um, we were talking about um, how the rotation, uh, at least you left off at the rotation can, I mean, should essentially get three out of five, win three games out of five coming up with the way that the rotation is set up. Um, I mean, did you, uh, did, you catch, did you catch any of my NFL analogy or was that it all? I did not. To waste? Yeah, I did not. I, I literally well, didn't here, let do me, anything let me, after that. Yeah. Let, me, Go for let it. me throw that out then just real quick. So uh, John Lund on uh, Tolbert and Lund today had a good analogy, basically, you know, with 160 games in baseball and 16 games in football, 10, every 10 games is like one game in football. So basically with the giants having a losing record, um, in the first nine games, it's like they lost one NFL game, right? So we usually don't, comp- you know, freak out over one NFL loss. But if you go 0-4, then, you know, that's that's pretty bad. So if the Giants have losing records in the first 40, you know, in the, each of those 10 
game segments for four, you know, four times. So for the first 40 games, then that's going to, you know, feel like, okay, this is a really rough season. Maybe only have 12 or 15 wins, you know, through that point, that's going to look really bad. But if the giants win six out of four, or I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. six out of four, six out of 10, um, Mm -hmm. in the next 15 chunks, that's 90 wins. So I think sometimes people, um, they, they think dominant teams in baseball need to dominate. They really don't. They really just need to play slightly over 500 ball most of the season. And if you win six out of 10 in each 10 minute or eight, 10 minute, each 10 game block, you're going to have a 90 win season and, uh, or more. And so, you know, when the giants have won 85, 87, you know, 90 games, they've been to the playoffs and that's just over 81 games, you know, which is 500. So, I think with the the pitching that they have, you know, Bumgarner, Cueto, and Moore give them a chance to win every time out. And Samarja and Kane have been struggling, but, you know, they they will win some games. And even if Kane has to be replaced by Block or Beatty, you know, they'll win some games. So Bumgarner, Cueto, and Moore aren't going to just flat out win all of their games. That's not how baseball works. But they're going to put them in position to win quite a bit. And as the bullpen gets a little bit more confidence, they start to feel – you know, who's, who they can count on and who they can't. If guys like Contos, Strickland, and Law can really kind of set the tone um, for more consistency going forward, I think they're going to be in a pretty, you know, good position. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I really like that analogy. Wow, that was great. Um, I, I'm glad we got that. Um, I think the uh, – and like you said, I mean, even then, you can go 0-4 in the NFL and whip your button to gear and – you know, you could still, okay, what happens if you go 10 and one there and you go 11 and five um, and you're a top, one of the top seeds right. in the playoffs. Now I don't, I, I really don't think it should be all doom and gloom, especially this early. Um, I, I do think there, there are concerns all over the place. The bullpen until they prove that they can shut down and shut down a late inning threat, um, especially with a close lead and they can do it at a consistent um, basis with, with minimum hiccup and minimum, uh, how do I put it? Um, helter skelter, I guess. Um, I think that that's then the bullpen concern will go away. I have confidence that there are pieces in this bullpen that will help do that. It's just a matter of time before we see them tap into that confidence um, again. And I think a lot of that has to do with, I think, I think one thing, the big thing on Sunday, look at the Sunday win against the Padres. Uh, Derek Law gave up a home run on a pitch that was outside of the strike zone. The dude golfed it out of here. And then he walks the guy after he's a little rattled. Okay. In the 2016 playoffs, Boach would have pulled him maybe after the home run. In the beginning of the 2017 season, he could have pulled him. And then Derek Law's confidence continues to waver and sits there and goes, oh, man, well, I messed up in the opener. I did a little bit better, but I got back into a pressure and a high leverage situation and I bummed it up again. And now Boach has, has me on a quick hook. Instead, he stayed, was patient, let him get out of his jam. And Derek Law pitched really well to get out of it. Now, the whole inning itself, you look at it, you say, eh, this is a little shaky. You gave up a home run, walked a guy, but he did get out of it. Yeah, but the confidence to stick with him is something that will stick with the bullpen. And I think that whole thing sit, works itself out. The left field is another thing that I don't know if we'll be able to resolve in-house. Um, we have to see all the in-house options, and we can't see Morse and Mac Williamson. Um, but I am in 
total agreement with you here that I don't believe this will last for very long. Um, I don't necessarily think the Giants are going to win the division and run away with it. I didn't predict that at the beginning of the season, so I don't expect them to be in first for a very long time uh, it, or to even end the season in first because I think the Dodgers are a little bit better than that um, uh, overall. But we'll see what happens. It is a long season, and there are a lot of other teams in the NL West, and the D-backs and Rockies are one of them. I was talking about um, just before you came on that the the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are a are, are they're a lot better than they are last year, and they're going to start taking some wins off. Do who out of these two teams do you think is actually maybe going to? Con- I don't I don't know if the Rock the Diamondbacks are going to continue to play to their seven and two level, but especially when they've beat the Giants and the Indians and now could potentially beat the Giants again um, to start their three series this season. Um, do, do you think they can – which team do you think has a quicker drop-off? Well, I think it, it – it you know, in the same vein that I think that the Giants have a, a lot to look forward to because of their starting pitching, I think it all does come down to the end of the day – to how a team's pitching, especially their starters, but also their bullpen. I think the Rockies' uh, bullpen looks, you know, like it's it's in it's in a good place. Bud Black, you know, being there is not going to um, hurt them at all if, in that in that regard. You know, because of uh, being a former pitcher that knows how to how to organize a staff and a bullpen. Um, you know, the when we have uh, the, the uh, guy from Rocks pile on, we'll obviously see what he thinks. But I, I do think that. Um, that their pitching um, looks like it's got more potential. Um, and I say that because I think the Diamondbacks last year's, their, their struggles um, put way too many red flags on their staff as a whole. Now, Granky could still be Granky, but he's not going to be one, you know, one six ERA Granky. And, um, you know, Shelby Miller and, and Corbin and Walker, these, these guys aren't necessarily going to pitch well. Um, they have the potential to, but um, I don't know if they're going to be able to withstand the the season at this level. Now, you know, when you beat the Indians, it certainly raises some eyebrows. Um, the Giants obviously would would have been, um, you know, likely to win those series um, as well. So when they're winning these games against better teams, it's hard not to be impressed early on. But I think the same in the same way that we aren't panicking about the giants. I think it's a little too soon to think that either of these teams are going to sustain the winning percentage anyway. But um, if I had to choose a team, I'd say the Rockies have a better shot um, because they both have good lineups, but I think the Rockies staff might be a little stronger um, because a lot of their pitchers that are pitching well are just getting into their own, you know, guys like John Gray and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then got, and then, you know, both teams have closers that, you know, are looking for that uh, one more, one more shot to dominate. Rodney has done just enough to get some saves for the Diamondbacks, but Holland's got more, has had more success, I think um, in recent years. So, you know, those two guys, if they're great, you know, will definitely make that um, bullpen shorter for, for both those teams. But, you know, they've had struggles in the past hauling and staying healthy and, and Rodney with, um, with, you know, with being good. Some, there's sometimes he just hasn't been. So um, if, if he were to uh, go back to, to form and if the, um, 
Um, and if, if Holland, you know, can't stay healthy, that uh, changes quite a bit for, um, for how those bullpens look. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, let's move on to the Padres as they're kind of the little brother of the, of the NL West at the moment. How do you feel that the Padres are going to keep on? Um, they're four and four. Uh, do you think, I mean, do you think 81 and 81 is realistic or is that like their tippy top ceiling of, are, are we even seeing right now the tippy top ceiling of what the Padres could do if every single person is playing to their, the best of their abilities at the moment? I, I expect, I expect them to be a, a team with a losing record. Um, I think one of the things that's scary about them is when you have a team with a payroll of about 20 million, and so you got a bunch of guys that don't necessarily um, belong in the major leagues outside of, you know, Will Myers maybe, and you have a bunch of prospects that, you know, are showing that they belong, but they, you know, might not even be up in the major leagues if they were in a different system, um, you know, but the, the Padres have opportunities, so they're bringing them in. The one thing about that scenario is that you got 25 guys that are hungry, and when you're on a team that's expected to lose a ton of games – then it's really important if you're one of those 25 guys to show something because if you don't play well on a bad team, you don't have much of a chance to play baseball after that because it's not like there's a bunch of good teams looking for guys that are bad on bad teams to come to their team. So, right. you know, this is an opportunity for guys like Margo and Renfro to kind of become, you know, the guys that they're hoping they become but it's also a chance for guys like Solarte or some of these, you know, more veteran guys that have been in the league a few years to show something, not only for the Padres, but just for the other 29 teams, because, you know, all the veteran guys on the Padres are probably going to be options for playoff teams come July. And if they play well, you know, you think about like a Marco Scudero that we got from the Rockies in 2012 he was a player that was, you know, on a bad Rockies team that year, but he was hitting the ball a ton and he was just getting outs, but he was hitting the ball a ton and the giant scouts saw that there was something there and they brought him in. So that's the one thing I think that's scary is that they're basically this, the biggest X factor in baseball. They've got the smallest payroll. Nobody's expecting anything from them. So that's exactly why they're going to overachieve because we expect them to win 50 games. So they're automatically going to do more than that. Um, and I think it's one of the great things about baseball is that no matter how good you are, you lose 50. And no matter how bad you are, you win 50. That's a lot of games, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that you know, the Padres are going to win some games, but they're going to win more than we think they are. I don't know about 81. Um, I don't think they'll come anywhere close to that. But they might win 65, 70 games, which for a team that's built the way they are, that's actually pretty remarkable. Um, if they were to win 70 games. Um, and I think it just goes to show what, you know, what's actually pretty remarkable about the game of baseball, because you look at basketball teams that are all, that are built this way where they're just a bunch of prospects or a bunch of guys that haven't really played anywhere. You look at like the 76ers from a couple of years ago, they win like five games or 10 games. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so by comparison, they're way worse than any baseball team's ever been. So yeah. um, I, I think that's what's, what's pretty cool about baseball, but also what can be scary then, about what should be a bad or a bad Padres team is that they're going to win some games. You know, we've seen it in past years with those three teams in particular, the Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Padres. They've all had years where they've been really awful, and they found ways to win anyway. 
you know, and, and when we were bad in, you know, like 07, 06, 05, those years, we found ways to beat those teams too. So, you know, yeah. it all kind of comes full circle, but uh, the Padres are going to be better than people think, but I don't think they're going to be a 500 team. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat here. I think I just look at the pitching staff and I just see a whole lot of retread. Um, and the fact that Jared Weaver's in their staff uh, is still kind of, I just don't buy Jared Weaver um, at all anymore. His his velocity's dipped off so much that if he throws any kind of challenge fastball at the waist, players are turning on it and crushing it. Um, we, we'll see what happens with them though. Um, I mean, they've got a lot of young studs in there. They have a few young studs in the farm. Um, I think the Padres could become a decent team. I think they could become the Rockies, like what the Rockies are now. I think they could become them in a couple of years if their prospects continue to progress and they continue to make hopefully smart baseball decisions because they haven't been doing that, um, in the last few years. Um, and uh, the Rockies have, which is why the Rockies are kind of the up-and-coming team here in the NLS. And speaking of them, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to be joined by Kevin Henry of fan-sided site Rockspile, our, uh, I won't say sister site, but our brother site, sister brother site, whatever, our sibling site um, within the fan-sided network and the NLS um, group. Uh, we'll, we're going to discuss everything Rockies and the upcoming series, this decent four game series here at AT&T to start the season. Um, stick with us. We'll be back in a few seconds. All right. Hi guys. We're back. This is Daniel Sperry joined by Michael Saltzman. Michael is back in the house and hopefully we don't have any more technical difficulties throughout the rest of the night. And we are also right now joined by Kevin Henry of the rocks pile. Kevin, how are you doing tonight? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So Kevin Henry, as I mentioned before, he is one of the site experts or editors of Rocks Pile, which is the Colorado Rockies, um, our sibling site uh, from here on Fan Sighted. Um, just, I mean, overall, the, the Rockies right now sitting in second place. Yet again, we've talked about the whole podcast. It is early, um, still 10 games. But, I mean, what are your overall expectations, I think, for, I guess for this year's Rockies team? Yeah, you know, the uh, the expectations here in the Mountain Time Zone are pretty high, to be perfectly honest. You know, I think a lot of people here have bought into what we've read, what we've uh, heard coming in, that this was going to be an improved Rockies team. This was going to be a team that was going to be able to compete with the Dodgers and Giants for not only a, a spot in the playoffs, but also, you know, maybe even the division crown. And when you look at some of the off-season signings with Ian Desmond coming on, you look at Greg Holland now anchoring the back of the pen, uh, Mike Dunn, uh, who came over from the Marlins, who uh, has kind of been a quiet signing and yet has really moved into that shut-down left-hander role in the bullpen. It's it's definitely a different Rocky team. And it's also one that, you know, uh, people – are excited about. And that's one of the reasons why that, uh, you know, the series with the Padres that just ended today at uh, Coors, uh, so many folks around here are so disappointed that the Rockies dropped two out of three. So um, it's, it's high expectations, but it's also a, a bit tempered after what we saw these last couple of games at Coors. And then I, I mean, I have, 
I we I grew up in Modesto, and so for the last five, oh, okay. six, seven years, um, I've had to, gotten to see their single A team, seen all a lot of these guys come through. Even I remember going when Troy Lewitsky was down in Modesto. Um, <laughs> yep. For those who don't know, Modesto was uh, is the single or used to be the single A um, affiliate for the Colorado Rockies in the uh, yep. in the California League, which the Giants single A team is the San Jose Giants um, member of that whole league. Um, I, I think, I, I mean, I've, I really like how it's all kind of coming together for them. And I, they're, they're a team that I've definitely been high on. Um, I am actually shocked to hear, I didn't pay attention to the game today, but I am shocked to hear that they dropped two or three to the Padres, but the Giants dropped yeah. two or three to the Padres as well. So we're, I, <laughs> yeah, everyone's kind of in the same boat here, but I, another, what's something that Giants fans, I guess, can expect from this year's Rockies teams that they, that they might not have been present in teams in the past. Well, the bullpen, to be perfectly honest. Uh, it's something that uh, GM Brett, Jeff Bridge said in the offseason was going to be a priority, and everybody you know, around here went, yeah, okay, we hear that every year. And yet Mike Dunn comes on board, Greg Holland comes on board, uh, and you have a, a bullpen now. Uh, Holland is 5 for 5 in saves. Dunn has not given up a run. Uh, suddenly the bullpen has become a strength, and I don't know the last time – you know, anybody in Colorado could say that. So it's definitely a, a different team that if the Rockies get a lead late, last year we were all biting our fingernails and going, oh, God, what's going to happen? This year we feel like, okay, there's a strong chance here that we're actually going to get the save, get the win if we're going into it late and winning. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, I, uh, oh, go for it. Oh, yeah, no, I, you know, the – the bullpen, as you said, is uh, um, is clearly an upgrade. What you know, we we we've heard uh, about John Gray and, and and all the potential he has. Sure. What do you think about the What do you think about the starting staff as a whole? Um, do you think well, that it's uh, it's a staff that can that can lead you guys to that that playoff spot? Uh, you know, yes. Uh, the Rockies are going into San Francisco. It's a it's a pretty interesting team at the moment uh you know they only got three hits today against zach lee and so that's still something you know i was at course today for that game and and i walked away going how do you only get three hits today uh and you know suffered the shutout so it's a team that's actually struggling to score runs right now uh and it's also a team that coming out of spring training you had john gray tyler anderson and tyler chatwood were really going to be your star three guys in the rotation you know, Chad Bettis was expected to be that fourth guy, but he's battling cancer and it's not part of the team right now. Uh, but those three guys were supposed to be rock solid, and honestly, all three of them have struggled uh, out of the gate. And it's been the young guys, uh, Antonio Sinzatala and Kyle Freeland, that have come on board and really kind of solidified the back end of the bullpen. So. Obviously, you know, Gray Bumgarner to start. Uh, that's going to be a great matchup. I'm looking forward to seeing that one for sure. Uh, but yet the three big guns that we all expected coming out of spring training, they've struggled at times. So that's been a little bit of a shock just as much as the Rockies haven't really been able to put together that offensive spurt that they've been so known for in years past. I think one question I have, too, just on uh, – I mean, on the, on Chatwood, do you think um, so far, I mean, he's what he has, I think I saw the stat. He has one like the best road ERA in baseball over the last yeah. couple of years or last year. I mean, do you think that it, how much do you think of 
step just plays into the Coors field thing? Do you think he's starting to learn how to pitch at Coors? I know it didn't look, hasn't looked good first couple starts for him, but do you think that's uh, where, where, I mean, where does he have to do to get better um, in Coors? Yeah. I guess? Yeah. He has to master Coors. He's got to do the old adage of ground balls, of course. Uh, you know, that that you always hear about that you have to succeed with. And, you know, he started off 0-2, a 635 ERA, and that included a start in Milwaukee. You know, that was the thing that, you know, we all got so used, you know, in the Rockies camp, so used to last year seeing if he's on the road, it's an automatic W because he's going to allow no runs, one run, you know, really keeps it in. And the Brewers tagged him in Milwaukee. And so it was like one of those, uh-oh, <laughs> wait, this is different. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he came back here and, and unfortunately had some more issues at Coors like he has in the past. So um, hopefully back on the road, hopefully he'll find his mojo again. But, uh, no, uh, certainly didn't see it in the first couple of games. I know you, I know you were saying that the uh, they only managed three hits today. I know it's from what I've seen, it seems like uh, Trevor's story is uh, is really struggling and is, you know, sophomore yeah. year after – you know, really blowing up on the scene. Um, you know, so what uh, what concerns do you have in the lineup? Because it seems like, you know, Story might be a guy who maybe doesn't recover just because that's what happens with young guys sometimes. But there's a lot of veterans in that group, Arenado and, and Gonzalo there are. and others. So, yeah, so what, uh, what are the expectations in that lineup? Well, you know, Cargo right now is hitting 200. Uh, Trevor Story is hitting 129. Uh, you know, there are guys that uh, DJ LeMahieu, you know, last year's batting champion, is hitting 171. So that's your two, three, and probably six guy right there uh, who are really struggling. I mean, Nolan's having a, you know, he's already off to some Nolan like, you know, numbers at the plate and in the field. No surprise there. Uh, Charlie Blackman's starting to pull it around in the leadoff spot. But right now, you know, the, the frustration was boiling over a little bit today. Uh, you know, Blackman and Arenado both slammed their bats down to the ground, you know, after a couple of at-bats when they were getting under balls. Uh, there were 14 flyouts today. I mean, it was pop-out central at Coors today. You know, Blackman had two of the hits and Cargo had one, and that's all the Rockies could produce all day long today. And it's not like that it's just an isolated incident. Uh, you know, I think they are negative nine in a run differential right now, even though they're six and four. So, you know, offense is a, is a, is an issue right now. When I think when you look at, you know, a guy like LeMahieu is a good example. I mean, you know, when you're a batting champ, you know, and you start out slow that I don't know if you lose any confidence. Um, it's just, okay, I've started out slow, so I'm okay. And, yeah. you know, I'll get it back and him getting back to his, you know, 300 plus average, you know, will mean that he'll have a couple of hot streaks coming up. So if, if, if I'm you, I don't worry so much about LeMayu. I think it's more of some of the younger guys. Um, Cause right. Gonzalez will get back to his, you know, Gonzalez will get back to his baseball card, you know, as it were. And, and LeMayu I'm sure will too. Um, but, you know, it, it, are there options in the minor leagues if someone like story was to continue to struggle? There are, uh, but, you know, this is also a Rockies team that has had a lot of injuries in spring training. You know, this is a team right now without David Dahl, who was slated to be their starting uh, left fielder. It's a team without Tom Murphy that everybody thought would really come in and be the catcher this year that could provide some pop. Uh, Ian Desmond, the big offseason signing, you know, broke his hand by getting hit by a pitch in spring training. He hasn't played yet and probably still two or three weeks away from playing. So it's a team that uh, is missing a lot of offensive weapons. And if you look at the bench, 
you know, that's something that I've circled all season long as a weakness for the Rockies. There's not a lot of guys who can come off the bench and provide any pop. You're talking Christian Adamas. You're talking Alexi Amaristo, who they signed from the Padres. Steven Cardulo, who was playing in the independent ball before last year when the Rockies signed him. You know, these aren't a lot of guys that if you're in a clutch situation and you need a hit, you feel a lot of confidence with them coming off the plate or off the bench to bat. So we're still a couple of weeks away from adding those pieces. Yes, there are guys in the, the minors that could certainly be called up. A Pat Baleka, who had a great spring training and is doing well in Albuquerque right now, AAA is a possibility. But I think the Rockies right now are just trying to get to the point where these guys that are injured are back in the lineup. And then if the offense still isn't there, then yeah, then it's time to push the panic button. It, w- it would be rather fascinating. I think if, uh, if story did continue to struggle that uh, with the way Reynolds has played um, early on, if you uh, end up with Desmond at short, I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if that would be an <laughs> yeah. option, but, but considering the, considering they brought him in, you know, specifically for his bat, um, sure. And, and more as much as anything, um, you know, I know his glove has, has been suspect in, in Washington and then in, uh, in Texas, but that, that would be a fascinating um, situation because I'm sure no one would have expected that. No, you know, and, and one thing that you will hear Bud Black, you know, the new Rockies manager, he will say time and time again is he likes the versatility of this team. He loves the facts that, that Alexi Amarista, who played for him with San, in San Diego, can play five different positions. He loves that Mark Reynolds could play third base if needed, you know, if something were to happen to Nolan, God forbid. He loves guys that can play two or three different positions. And honestly, when you look back at the Desmond signing, what you said a moment ago makes perfect sense because they can put him at shortstop if needed. They could slide him in the outfield if needed. You know, especially, you know, Reynolds said the other day, whenever I talked to him in the locker room, he said, I'm going to make it real hard for them to put Desmond back in the lineup whenever he comes back in. And he's he's pretty uh, um, motivated. You know, he was signed to a minor league deal. He wasn't even part of the 40-man roster until Desmond got hurt. So he's definitely got some motivation to stay in there and stay in the starting lineup. Well, Reynolds, and Reynolds is a perfect example of, of what makes baseball great sometimes because that's exactly what – that's exactly what any guy on a minor league deal that makes the roster is going to come in with. It's like, okay, you didn't even give me a shot. So now I'm going to prove to you that, you know, how wrong you and every other team in baseball were (laughs) to not give me a major league contract. And I had to earn this. Uh, Giants fans know that from guys like Juan Uribe and uh, Gregor Blanco on this Taurus, you know, down the line, Mm -hmm. Brian Vogelsong, you know, a bunch of different guys that were in the same boat as Reynolds and, you know, as a baseball fan, and I obviously I prefer the Giants beat the Rockies, you know, head to head. But as a baseball fan, you love seeing guys like Reynolds, you know, basically um, have this kind of renaissance <laughs> uh, start to a season yeah. where it's like, no, I, I can hit and I can play and I'll be just fine. And then yeah. can find another position. You know, and it is interesting to look back. I mean, the Rockies basically said, we're done with Mark Reynolds. You know, everybody, you know, Mark Trumbo was the the new hot, sexy item in the offseason. Everybody thought the Rockies were going to pursue Trumbo, and then all of a sudden Desmond signed out of nowhere. Uh, You know, but it was like they were pursuing every other option except Reynolds, and he's been really their offensive catalyst through these first ten games by far. All right. Well, um we're running just a tiny bit short on time here. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. Last question here, um, Michael, I'll let you do the honors here since I have asked plenty myself tonight. 
Well, I mean, you know, let's uh, you know, let's look at it from the big picture. I mean, I know you said you want uh, or you think that the the Rockies can um, can challenge them. What's the biggest thing going forward? You know, is it is it Arenado and Gonzalez? You know, you know, being the leaders. Is someone like Reynolds? You know, taking over. What's what's the number one key to the Rockies maintaining this this level of success? I think that it's the confidence in the bullpen, to be perfectly honest. You know, it's like you said earlier, uh, you know, I'm not worried about Arenado and Cargo. I'm not worried about the offense. DJ will come around. It's about this this bullpen and what happens the first time they blow a save. What happens, you know, that first hiccup that we have, because you know it's coming. You know, can they regain that confidence? You know, can Greg Holland keep up this, this uh, streak that he started the season with, five for five? You know, I mean, can he be that uh, that elite save guy that he was with Kansas City before Tommy John surgery? I think that is going to really tell the difference between the Rockies making a run of the playoffs and the Rockies going, well, wait till next year. Well, as, as, even as a NL West guy and a um, but a, but but a Giants fan, uh, we we certainly wish you luck because. It's always fun seeing the the NL West be uh, be dominant and have you know several teams fighting for uh, fighting for the top. So well, it's always better baseball and more fun to to see that. Absolutely, you know I'd love nothing more than a September where you know the Giants and Dodgers and Rockies, you know, we're all fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, you know, it'd be uh, nice in Denver to not talk about the Broncos early in September for once. So uh, here's hoping <laughs> that happens this season. <laughs> all right, well, folks, this yeah, has no been. Kidding. Uh, this has been Kevin Henry here from the rocks pile. Um, this is going to actually wrap up our podcast here. Um, folks, you can find us on Twitter for around the foghorn at around the foghorn. The a and around the foghorn is the at sign. Um, you can also find Michael Saltzman at candlestick will on Twitter. And you can find me at Sperry Daniel nine, four on Twitter. And you can also follow the Rocks Pile, I believe. Kevin Henry, what's your guys' Twitter handle? Yeah, we're Rocks, R-O-X, Pile, F-S. Uh, so, yeah, I'd love a follow. Awesome, guys. If you can go ahead and check, check out, keep up on the Rockies this season. They're probably going to be around here. We're going to give you, as the guest, our last word on this show. Um, Michael, final question. If the Giants are going to beat the Rockies in this series, they need to do blank. We need to pitch. I mean, uh, you know, Kevin said it uh, just as well as anyone. I mean, it's, it always comes down to pitching. And uh, if the Giants uh, starters and bullpen um, can pitch like they're capable of, then they have a, as good a shot as any. And Kevin, give us your last thoughts as well. Sorry, I I, I meant for everybody, but oh no, <laughs> Kevin, good morning. no worries at all. <laughs> Uh, I think if the Rockies are going to make some noise this weekend at uh, at AT and T Park, I think it's going to have to be as uh, the offense finds its bats. Uh, you know, they they cannot go in there and and just have a couple of hits and score a couple of runs. It's going to need to be uh, back to the offense that we know with the Rockies. All right, folks, that has been it for this episode, our third episode. I know. Thanks for hanging with us. If you've been listening live. Through our little technical difficulties, we'll have this up on the site here, um, hopefully by the end of the night, hopefully by final out tonight. Um, anyways, check back with us uh, next week. We've got an awesome podcast coming up. As we mentioned, the San Francisco Giants are taking on the Kansas City Royals. I live in Kansas City. I will be there for both games, provided it doesn't rain most of the time. We'll actually be taking and doing our podcast um, with Kings of Kaufman 
who is the fan-sided royal site. We're going to kind of relive, rehash some fun 2014 World Series memories. And then, well, fun for us, not so fun for them. But then at the same time, uh, kind of talk about where both teams are headed at right now. Um, but give that a listen. Stay tuned. Uh, Giants are on right now. Head on over to NBCSN. Thank you for listening with us one more time.